Well, for a few weeks here, we've been in this series called Who Do You Think You Are? And we've been asking the question, who am I? We've been trying to figure out who am I, right? And, and we said that because uh, when we know who we are, we'll know what to do. When we know who we are, we'll know what to do. And we're in week four of that series. The first week was Salt and Light. And if you remember, Donnie interviewed Tita up here. And, and Tita shared about how she, through her life, had been moved to be salt and light to this, uh, to this uh, slum in, in Guatemala. And she said she challenged us with two things. The first thing was, be a man or a woman of God before you go and do the work of God. She said, be with Jesus. That's how she said it. And the second thing was, find your purpose. Do your thing Find your niche, see what God made you to do, and then do it. Second week was ambassador, right? And, and, and that we are ambassadors and that we're to go wherever it is, into our homes, into our schools, into our, um, into our workplaces, out into the community, and we are supposed to be representatives of Jesus Christ, right? And that's, that was our second week. And then last week, Rob shared with us about being an overcomer. And he shared with us about how uh, that God could take anything in our life, no matter how bad, how bad it is, and work right through it, right there, right in the moment, and change us, that he could move us um, to a new place, that he could restore us. And so each of those ideas explore what it means to be fully, that, to be fully devoted to Christ. And so this week, we're going to take it one step further, because hopefully when you fully understand who you are, you'll fully understand what to do. So we're going to start by digging into the scripture. And so if you don't have a Bible, the ushers are going to come forward. They're going to get some Bibles and they're going to pass them out. There are a gift to you. If you don't have one, you can just raise your hand and they'll hand you one. Um, you can either look on it here and give it back or you can take it home with you, either one. I know the words in that book can change your life because they've changed mine. And so I'd encourage you to take one. We're going to, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which is going to be on page 811 in those Bibles. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And this is the scripture we're going to kind of camp out on for most of the day. So listen to it. See if you can let it soak in. It says this. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. So, you know, if we take a second and we kind of unpack the words in there, the first word that really comes up to mind is workmanship. We are God's workmanship. The, uh, the Greek word for that, and, I, and I'm not Greek and I can't speak Greek, but I'll try. It's pohemia, I think. Pohemia. That starts to sound like another English word, maybe. Poem. We are God's poem. We are God's wonderful creation of a story. And I don't know if you've ever, anybody in here ever tried to write a poem for somebody else? Raise your hand if you've tried to write a poem before. Every time I did, it was an epic fail. My wife can attest to that, okay? But, but God creates, he's created us and he's written us to be this amazing poem. Other translations uh, use the word masterpiece, right? But the word basically means to be created, to be uh, made, to be made by a master craftsman, something that was like amazingly detailed, something that was really intricate, that God made us into a masterpiece. And so with Christ, I am salt and I am light. With Christ, I am an ambassador. With Christ, I am an overcomer. And today you need to know that with Christ, you are God's masterpiece. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. With Christ, I am God's masterpiece. If you don't get anything else today and you get that, this is a huge point. With Christ, I am God's masterpiece. Wonderfully made we are. So think about a masterpiece, right? Think about 
Um, if you saw a masterpiece in a museum, it, would, you know, it, would, it might have a whole wing dedicated. It might have a whole museum dedicated to it, right? It would have a whole security division. People would travel the world over just to see this thing. It's just so amazing, right? It's a masterpiece. If it, was a, um, if it was a song, it would have a whole radio station dedicated to it, right? If it was a food, people would pay any amount of money and stand in any line to taste it. A masterpiece. Think about a masterpiece. And it says that we are God's masterpiece. If I asked you to think of a masterpiece, you might think of some kind of piece of art or some song or food or sculpture or something. But if you're a parent you probably think of something that one of your kids has drawn, right? As a parent, we look at this thing that other people look at and they're like, man, that does not look good. And we're like, that is amazing. That's so great. Put it on the wall and hang it up, right? Hang it all over the house. Put them all down the hall. Let's get pictures of our kids' stuff. It's amazing, right? We want to see it everywhere. Well, I'm thinking of the last masterpiece that my kids made. And on Mother's Day, being the great husband that I am, the great father that I am, I neglected to have my kids make a card for my wife. That's, I win the husband and, and dad of the, award, uh, of the year award. I, I couldn't, couldn't remember to have them make a card, right? So my kids, in their wonderful love for their mother, decided they were going to do it on their own. Good job, kids. Great job. I'm so proud of them. I want to give them a hug because they made up for what I forgot to do. Right, so, so they go and they get paper, they go and they get the pens, and they go and they sit at the table and they make this wonderful creation that is a masterpiece. So here it is. This is, the, this is what they made. It says, Emma Grace, I love you. She's writing this to her mom. She drew her a flower. She says, I love you. And then Isaac, who's a little bit younger, he wrote Isaac. You can kind of see it there. Um, and, and I think that's a smiley face on the right side there. So he, he's writing his name. Now, that may not look like much to you, but that is a masterpiece when you realize these kids' hearts for their mother. They got up and they wanted to make this, and they just made this wonderful creation. And man, isn't it beautiful? Well, I think we should frame that, right? All right, well, Rachel, you know, she gets, she's getting ready. So she comes out, and there's the kids, and they've got this masterpiece, and she sees it, and she's overwhelmed, but then she notices something. Well, they're not really happy about it. They're crying, and they've got paper towels, and they're scrubbing the table because that's on the table. And you're thinking to yourself, no big deal. It's washable marker. It'd come right off, right? Mm-mm-mm. They decided they were going to use Sharpies, okay? So, so this Mother's Day masterpiece became this complete destruction of our kitchen table, right? And so in this moment, Rachel's facing a choice, right? Uh, my wife Rachel looks at it, and she's got this choice. Do I focus on the masterpiece, or do I focus on the mistake? Do I, do I see what they, the heart behind what they created, or do I see the, the, the thing that they failed to do, or the thing that they messed up on? So thankfully, my wife chose to, to focus on the masterpiece because they were already crying. They had already realized their issue, that they had their mistake. And so she focused on the masterpiece and was just moved by their heart. Um, and I think God does the same thing for us. When he looks at us, he has a choice. He can see all of our mistakes, right? He can see all of our mess-ups, or he can see us as a masterpiece. And if we've been created in Christ Jesus, he chooses to see us as his son, adopted into his kingdom, to be a masterpiece the same way that Jesus uh, was a masterpiece. And so God is this amazing artist, and we are his art. So think about the most beautiful art that you've ever seen, and then contrast that against a sunset. Contrast that against a, a, a brook in the woods with the trees. Contrast that against, like, the amazing intricacy of, of just, like, think about a bird, and you look at it, it's just amazing. Think about the art of creation. 
Think about the most amazing song you've ever heard. Contrast that against that, I don't know about you, but I love to camp. And when I'm camping, I love to hear the cicadas and the crickets at night. And, you, you know, if you camp near a river and you can hear all that, how amazing is that song, right? Or the power of the thunder. You contrast our amazing artwork against the amazing artwork of God's creation. And when you talk about God's creation in a masterpiece, I'm not just talking about everything that he created outside of us. I'm talking about us too. In fact, we are the crown jewel of all of his creation. And that's pretty cool this morning to think about the fact that we are the most precious thing that he made, right? If you go back and you read Genesis in the very beginning... God was making stuff, right? He's making the, he's making the earth, he's, he's making the, the sky, he's making the night, he's making the animals, he's making, and he keeps going, good, 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 right? And then he makes people, and what's he say? It's very good, right? He was moved, he made us in his image, and he made us very, very good. We are the crown jewel of his creation, right? And I'm not just talking about physically, he made us in his image physically, and I know that we can all look around, and you, you know, you've probably heard the pickup lines, you know, like you've you fallen from heaven and all that stuff. But, but God, you know, you can look around and say, yeah, that's a great, you, God did a great job when he made you. You are a physical masterpiece, if you will. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being a spiritual masterpiece, that God made you spiritually amazing, that God made you so perfect that you would be the crown jewel in all of his creation. And so this morning, I think we need to pause and we need to talk about the fact that there's a difference between physical life and spiritual life. That it's, it's not the same. That just living and breathing is not being fully alive. Living and breathing is being physically alive. And so in, the, in Wikipedia, I looked it up because that was the authority in my mind on what it meant to be alive. So I typed in Wikipedia and, and I go in there and I look and it says... I looked at death and life, right? And so I was like, what does it mean to be dead? Because if I know what it means to be dead, then I'll know what it means to be alive. Well, according to Wikipedia, in the United States, you are dead if you've experienced a brain death, which means your brain can no longer tell the rest of your body what to do. So it can't tell your body to breathe. But if it can tell your body to breathe, then you're alive. If it can tell your, your body to have its heart beat, then you're alive. That's the definition of physical life, right? If your brain can tell the rest of your body to do what it's supposed to do, you're physically alive. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something so much better. Because that, that doesn't really seem like fully alive to me. That just seems like, I don't know, your brain's telling your heart what to do and your brain's telling your lungs what to do. Spiritually alive is so much greater. And so I wanted to kind of explore this idea of being spiritually alive versus physically alive. And so we're going to flip back. If you have your Bibles, that same page, 811, um, I don't know if you want to turn the, the sconce lights on so everybody can kind of see their, their Bibles, but Ephesians um, chapter 2, verse 1. If we can go back to Ephesians chapter 2, in the very beginning of that book, it starts off, Paul's writing to this church, and he's writing to these people, and, and they're very much alive. Like, he's writing to a group of physically alive people. They're living and breathing. He's not writing to a graveyard. He says this, As, you, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. He says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. So he's obviously not talking about physical death because he's writing to physically alive people. He's talking about spiritual death. He's talking about being separated from God by our sins. Transgressions is a fancy word for sins. Sin meaning like not making the mark, not achieving what God had in store for us, not being what he created to be, not being holy as he is holy. So as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. 
right? And then he goes on and he says, hey, we were all dead. We were all separated from God. We all missed the mark. And so maybe as, you, as you're here this morning, you're hearing me talk about physical life, and you're saying, check, I'm physically alive, I'm here, I'm breathing. And then you're hearing me talk about spiritual life, and you're like, I don't really know what you're talking about. It doesn't really make sense, doesn't compute, not there yet. And you hear me read this thing, it says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. And you're like, were? I don't know if it's a were, maybe it's an are, because I, 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 really, I really don't know what you're talking about. I really haven't gotten to the point where I am spiritually alive. And so maybe this is not a past tense statement, but a present tense statement for you. And if that's the case, I want to ask you to really listen to the hope that's in verses 4 and 5. It says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us or will make us alive in Christ, even when we were or are dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ Jesus, even when we were dead. It is by grace you have been saved. And one thing I want to be real clear on is it doesn't say in that scripture, it does not say, hey, you were dead, that you're dead if you sin, and you're alive if you don't sin. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that you are alive if you don't sin. It says if you're alive if you are what? You're made alive if you are with Christ. So the, the definition of being alive spiritually is to be with Christ. And today, if you're here at Life Point and you've never taken that step into God's family, if you've never walked across that line, if you've never explored that, we want to talk to you about it. There's a, there's a couple of pastors here today. Um, you can find me. You could talk to Rob, our site pastor. You can talk to Donnie, our lead pastor. Joel, I know, is here. Um, you can find any one of us. You can talk to your small group leader. Somebody that you know that's spiritually mature, we would love to, to have a conversation with you about how you can become fully spiritually alive. Or you can just open that program that you have, and right inside there, you're going to find this orange card, and on the back of it, there's a bunch of next steps, one of which is, I want to talk to somebody about becoming a Christ follower. You can just check that box, and we will get in touch with you. We'd love for that to happen today. We have a baptism service coming up. It's an awesome opportunity for you to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, I want to be alive in Christ. I want to go through this and I want to show everyone what's going on in my heart. So check that box or find one of us today. We'd love to talk to you. But if you are a Christ follower, if you have followed Christ, then you are a masterpiece. You are God's art. And all art is created for a reason. All art's created for a purpose. And you were created for a purpose too. You have meaning. You have a, a reason that you're here. And so if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. When I know I'm God's masterpiece, my unique purpose will become clear. When I know I'm God's masterpiece, my unique purpose will become clear. And you may have walked in here and you don't know what your purpose is. But you need to realize that at the root of it, you are God's masterpiece. You may say, I'm insignificant. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too... Uh, I'm too rich, I'm too poor, I'm too shy, I'm too impatient, I'm too boring, I'm too, and then fill in the blank with whatever it is that you feel like is your holdup, whatever that is, fill in the blank, you need to realize, no, you're not those things. You're not those mistakes. You're not those mess-ups. You're not those hang-ups. You are God's masterpiece, and you were created with a unique purpose. 
And so as we ask this question, who am I, I would encourage you to stop asking the question and realize, if you're created in Christ Jesus, that you are a masterpiece. You know, when I was, when I was 19, I've, I've told you guys uh, before about my story, but when I was 19, I fully gave my life to Christ. But after I did, I still believed this lie. I believed the lie that when I looked around at the people around me, that God could not change them the way he changed me. God couldn't change the other people. God, he changed me, and it was radical, and it was amazing, but no way could he do that for other people, you know? I was still living with all the same friends. I was still hanging out in all the same circles, and I was still watching them love the world with all their heart. And I was like, there is no way God can pull these people out of what they're in, right? I just kept thinking that. There's no way God can change them. And even more than that, I was like, there is absolutely no way God can use me to change them. They all know where I've been. They all know what I've done. They all know everything about me. There is no way God can use me to change them. I, I believe that lie. You know, I was, I was a math teacher by trade. I, I was a civil engineer. And I did those things, and I love those things because I love problem solving, I love math, and I love teaching people. Those are just three of my passions, right? But I didn't know that God could use all of that to teach other people about him. I didn't realize that. But I started moving on in my walk. And as I realized, and I, as I realized that God made me a particular way, as I realized that he made me into something that he could use, my purpose began to become clear. I jumped in and I, and I, and I, I decided, you know what? I, I love teenagers. Um, I'm not teaching anymore, and so I miss them, and I want to hang out with them. I'm just going to jump in and serve, and I'm going to see where I can serve, and I'm just going to see where that takes me. And so I jumped in as a youth small group leader, and I led a small group uh, maybe five years ago at the, at the old Falls River Clubhouse, and that was like one of my favorite things, just getting there on Sunday nights, talking to a little group of teenage guys and listening to them tell me about how middle school was crazy. And, uh, and just like every week we talked about it, and I, was, I loved it, right? That was one of my favorite times of the week. And as I kept serving and as I kept walking, as I kept realizing that God had made me for this, I started to realize that my purpose was more than just that. My purpose, and so my purpose began to, to grow. And I'm sure that if you guys will admit, looking at where you are, what you are doing, how you're serving, if you really start to explore how God made you, you'll start to understand what your purpose is. Your purpose will become clear. And so there's a lot of next steps here at LifePoint. You know, you can always jump in. You can serve. If you're not serving somewhere, you can jump in and serve. Um, you know, wherever you are gifted. I chose youth ministry because that's where I felt connected. But maybe it's set up or, or maybe it's a life group leader or youth or whatever, children's. All these different areas you can jump in and serve. And maybe that'll start to connect you with what your purpose is. Or maybe it's something in the community that's not even connected to LifePoint. Maybe there's a way that you serve that's not even in this place. Or maybe you just want to start a Bible study in your house. Or maybe you want to start praying for the people at your work. I don't know. Whatever God's created you to do, however he's made you into a masterpiece, that should help lead you to your purpose. And so the second thing, or the last thing I'd encourage you to just kind of write down the big point, is that as God's masterpiece, I'm equipped to fill my purpose. As God's masterpiece, I'm equipped to fill my purpose. And so maybe you came in here today and you're hearing me say, yeah, I got a purpose, but I don't have what it takes to do it. Or yeah, I, have a, I, I understand, you know, God made me this way and, and, and he's gifted me in this arena, but I don't have everything I need. That's not what the scripture says. Ephesians 2.10 says this, I'll read it again. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
God prepared in advance for us to do. He had everything uh, there for us. He's equipped us with everything we need. So his divine power has given us everything we need. That's what 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Now, last night I was kind of thinking, well, I wonder how people discover their purpose. Because, you know, I, I've kind of laid out some ways. Maybe it's serving. Maybe it's jumping in. Maybe it's, uh, it's talking to one of us where we can help you connect. But I was wondering, how do people discover their purpose? And so I went to Google and I typed in, what is my purpose, Right? Just type in, what's my purpose, right? And a few of them came up and they said, you know, your purpose is really what God created you to do. And, and it really talked about that. Some of them were really spot on. And then there were some others that I was like, really? So I want to show you. The first one here that I came across, it was this one right here. And it says at the top there that the What's My Purpose Life Mastery 12-week course is $1,895. So if you, if you want to shell out $1,895, you can discover what your purpose is or... For the, and if you read the small print, the minimum price of $499, you can begin to discover your purpose. So for $500 today, you can start to discover your purpose. I never really did figure out what that was all about. I just knew it cost $500. And here you're getting it for free today. Um, the other one that I thought was amazing, and this one's my favorite, and you're going to have to read these steps with me here. This is what it says to do. Step number one, take out a blank sheet of paper and, and write. Second, write at the top, What's my true purpose in life? Okay, so you write the top, what's my true purpose? Third, write any answer that comes to your head. Now, it went on to say that it may take up to 500 to 1,000 times you have to write. Just write it down, write whatever it is. And then step four is my favorite. Repeat step three until you write an answer that makes you cry. <laughs> Just keep doing it until you cry. And when you cry, that's your purpose. Now, I would cry after I had filled up one page because I hate writing. So I'd be like, I guess my purpose is to hate writing. But, you know... That was, that was one of my faves when I saw that. Your purpose today um, is, <laughs> is, is part of being a masterpiece. And your purpose today, you have been equipped fully to achieve it. He's already given you everything that you need. And, and I would say that there's many of you in here who may be upset. You may look at that and you say, there's no way God can use me because I have this in my past. Or there's no way I can use, he can use me because if, if you guys only knew what I had been through, if you'd only known what people had done to me or what I had done to other people, there is no way God could use me. But praise God that Romans 8.28 is there. Let's read it. It says this. I'll just read it to you. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. It doesn't say, and we know that in the good things, God works for the good of those who love him. And I know that's pretty obvious. Like to me, when we talk about being a masterpiece, we talk about how God created us, that he, he created us to do good things. And it's obvious that the good things in our life move us forward. But what's not obvious is that the bad things in our life also move us forward. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him in our victories, and not just our mistakes. God uses everything to bring about his purpose. <clears throat> Esther chapter 4, verse 14, you have this queen, and, and she has, she's basically a beautiful woman. And as a beautiful woman, she rises up into the king's service because he needs a beautiful queen. Okay, that's how she rises into this power to be the queen. And when I say the queen, she really doesn't have any power. The king could just kill her whenever he wants. And so she rises up to this position and she realizes that there's going to be a mass genocide of all these people. 
And her dad, and, and she's like, I'm not basically the only person that can stop this, but if I try to stop it, I could be killed. And her dad says to her, he says, who knows but that you have come to this royal position for such a time as this. God took the junk, the way that she had arrived at this situation and used that for his glory. And maybe, who knows, that you have risen to this position in Christ for such a time as right now. I don't know what your, I don't know what your purpose is, but God made you uniquely to have a unique purpose. We definitely want to help you discover what your gift is. And so we have a tool that many of you have probably invested or looked into. Um, it's called assessme.org. And it's basically an online tool where you can go and you can discover your leadership style, you can discover your gifts, you can kind of discover how you're wired up. And as you start to see the way God created you uniquely, some things start to shake out, your purpose and the way that you were made. And so I would encourage each of you if, you, if you have not already taken Assess Me, or if you have and it's a long time ago and you think something's really changed, um, then go to www.lifepointchurch.com. Remember, LifePoint has an E. LifePointchurch.com slash me, okay? LifePointchurch.com slash me. Real easy. LifePointchurch.com slash me. Go there. Um, if you, you can ask for a registration. They'll, you can get registered right there. You can take the online assessment. It will give you all of these amazing results. It gives you tons of information. And then take it one step further. Once you've taken it, flip over the back of your program. You'll find um, right there at the bottom, you'll find some names of some of the pastors here. Just email one of us, or you can email info at lifepointchurch.com and just say, hey, I want to talk to you guys about what my assessment said. I want to talk to you about how uh, my assessment can help me discover my purpose. So if you would, just take that and then come back and talk to one of us. So just to wrap this up, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And if you know that you are God's masterpiece, then you will know that you have a unique purpose, and that unique purpose you have already been equipped for. If you've never given your life to Christ, I would love for you to talk. I'd love to talk to you about that today. We'd love to uh, be a part of that. And you can start that by just checking the back of your WhatsApp card. But you are a masterpiece today, created in Christ Jesus.